Thanks for being with us this morning, guys. We appreciate Pastor Rod Loy and uh, First Assembly North Little Rock. That was some great worship time. So how are you guys all doing with this whole social distancing thing? I know this is a, it's kind of a weird world for us, uh, being at home all the time. On the one hand, it's really refreshing to get some rest. On the other hand, I know some of you, especially you extroverts, are dying for interaction right now. Um, I know it's kind of tough. I read a story this week about a dog that was so excited that his owners are home. Uh, he's in Europe. That he actually sprained his tail from wagging his tail too much. Uh, they showed a video of him. His tail was just kind of droopy, a little wiener dog. And uh, he was just so excited his owners were home all the time that he's on pain medication now. But he will recover. Um, they've got a video of him you can find. But uh, I know my dog's really irritated because we're messing with his nap time all day. But... You know, this is one of those things we can make the most of it or we can really feel like it's dragging out. But we've been going through a series here at Calvary called Snapshots of Scripture. If you want to um, go back and find the others, you can go to our website, lexag.org, hit the media tab, and they're all there in the podcast section. But we've just been going through this, through the Word, section by section, and just figuring out what is in the Bible and how does it apply to us today? What can we take from this and apply to our lives to live the way Jesus wants us to. Uh, We've gone through uh, the first five books known as the Pentateuch. We've gone through the history books that talk about how Israel became a nation, how they lost their nation. Uh, We talked about the poetry books and the wisdom books. Last uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Kenny preached about the prophets, God's messengers to us. Today we're going to talk about the Gospels. And I'm really excited because the Gospels talk about Jesus. And Jesus stepped into the world at a time a lot like what we're in right now. God's people felt like they were kind of forgotten. And many people today are are panicked. They're worried. We kind of feel like, God, where are you in all this? And I want to talk about that today. But the Bible is an incredible book. It's made up of 66 books that tell one story. It was written over 1,500 years by about 40 different people, ranging from farmers to priests to historians, um, all these different ones came together. Um, It's actually the most highlighted book in the world on Kindle, um, followed right behind by the Steve Jobs biography and the Hunger Games, in case you were wondering. Um, Every day in the U.S., over 168,000 Bibles are either sold or given away. It's also the most stolen book in the world (laughs) because it's in hotel rooms. I don't think it's really stealing. I think the Gideons want you to take those. But um, So this is a book that's changed the world, and I want to talk today about how the Bible can change us. So let's talk about the Gospels a little bit, the first four books of the New Testament. Um, Let's talk about the background of the Gospels just a little bit. These are four books that tell one story. There are four books that tell one story. Now, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are what we call the Gospels. Um, And Matthew, Mark, and Luke are what we call the Synoptic Gospels. They share a lot of the same information. A lot of people believe that they actually share one source. Uh, A lot of people think they read Mark, and then they share from Mark and also another document called Q, in case you're wondering. Um, But they, they tell the same stories, but they tell kind of from a different angle. Matthew was a Jewish guy speaking to other Jewish guys. So if you want to find a lot of the Jewish rituals and a lot of the Jewish stories, Matthew has that. Mark is one of my favorites because Mark is an action book. Mark doesn't mess around with baby Jesus in the manger. He starts his stories with Jesus as a hairy-chested man coming out. It's all about action in Mark. Uh, He actually uses the word and 1,375 times in his book, chaining one story to another. 
Luke was a Greek, and he was writing to Greeks. Luke, his, his goal, he was writing to a man named Theophilus, was to set out an orderly account of everything Jesus did. So Luke is very detailed. Uh, it's the one that we get the Christmas story from. Um, he wanted to, to kind of tell, and he also write, wrote the book of Acts as a sequel to the Gospel of Luke. And John wanted to share the love of Jesus with everyone. John goes into a lot of depth. Um, he starts way back and links Jesus all the way back to Adam. And so the Gospels are four books that tell one story. And the Gospels are reliable. They're reliable. They share a lot of common information. Uh, people believe they're written about 20 years from each other. Um, so they were within a time period that eyewitnesses saw. And so if they were unreliable, the eyewitnesses would have nixed these things. They would have said, nope, that's not right. Um, and they tell a lot of the same information from different angles. You know, it's kind of like a, if you ever witnessed a car accident, you ask people, what did you see? Well, I saw this. And then another guy says, well, I saw this. Same story, different angles. Um, and so we know they're reliable. And the Gospels are a snapshot. What does that mean? Well, the Gospels tell a lot of the stories of what Jesus did, but they didn't tell everything. In the John chapter 21, verses 24 and 25, it says, This disciple is the one who testifies to these events, and he's recorded them here. We know that his account of these things is accurate. Jesus also did many other things. If they're all written down, I suppose that the whole world could not contain the books that would have been written. So John said, Jesus did so much stuff, I couldn't even write it all down. And so they're kind of a snapshot recording a lot of the stuff, a lot of the things Jesus did and taught. Um, so the Gospels, they record the life and the activities and the teachings of Jesus. Um, there's a story about a nun who worked for a home health care agency. She was out making rounds, visiting people, and she ran out of gas. And uh, she had forgotten to fill up. And so she rummaged around, couldn't find anything to put in. So she walked down to a gas station a couple blocks away. And she said, hey, I ran out of gas. Do you have anything that I could use to take fuel to my car? And the guy said, man, I had a gas can, but I loaned it out and I haven't brought it back. Um, if you find something, they'll help you out. So she goes and rummages around in her car and she finds a bedpan. You know, the things that people go to the bathroom in. And um, so she took that back, filled it up with gas and carried it really carefully back to her car and dumped it in the gas tank. There are two guys sitting on the porch, and one of them said, man, if this works, I'm going to church every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we want to have faith. We want to know what we believe. And the Gospels record what Jesus did. Um, they share the story of God coming to us. And guys, this is probably the biggest part of the Gospels. For generations, people have been trying to reach God, trying to get there, trying to be good enough, trying to offer the right sacrifices, trying to do the right things. And the Gospels record Jesus came to us. He came to us. This is the most amazing part of the Gospel stories. And He came at just the right time. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 3 through 6, Paul says, We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world, but when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so He could adopt us as His very own children. Jesus stepped into a world that was just like ours. People were scared. The Jewish people were being ruled by the Romans. They didn't like it. They didn't like paying taxes to Rome. They didn't like living under uh, an emperor who thought he was a god himself and he persecuted them. They didn't like it. They'd been exiled. They'd been returned. Uh, there'd been a revolt. They thought that the Maccabean revolt was going to deliver them and it was squashed. And so they were kind of waiting on God. And, and today many of us are afraid. We're nervous. This whole virus thing is new to us. We don't understand all this. Guys, God came to us and He's still reaching out to us today. 
He still wants to talk to us. He still wants to be with us today. And they share the, the priorities and the values of God. This shows us what Jesus thought was important, the way that he lived his life. And he wanted us to love him and to love others. In Matthew 22, 33, or 37, sorry, 37 to 40, Jesus said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Guys, Jesus wants us to love others, and what better time to do that than right now? Jesus wants us to be good neighbors. He wants us to love those around us. He wants the church, which is not a building. It's us. He wants us to reach out. He wants us to seek out those with no hope. There's a story I love in Luke 19 where there's a little guy named Zacchaeus, and he wanted to see Jesus. He was a little short tax collector that nobody liked. And he climbed a tree to see Jesus come by, and Jesus says, hey, I'm going to come to your house. And then Zacchaeus comes to faith in Jesus. And in Luke 19, 10, it says, The Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus wants us to share hope with those who don't have hope. That's our job. John 3, 16 and 17, one of the most famous verses of all time says, This is how God so loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. And He wants us to make disciples of all nations. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is what we call the Great Commission. He says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. He wants everyone to know Him. He wants everyone to have the same hope that we do. That's our job. And guys, this is an incredible time to share the love of Jesus with your neighbors. People are isolated. They're lonely. They want somebody to come and talk to them. This is a great opportunity. So the Gospels share the priorities and the values of God, and they also share the inclusiveness and the holiness of God. Jesus loved people of all, all types. Jesus loved everybody. He hung around with sinners. One of the biggest problems the religious leaders had of Jesus was that He hung out with people that nobody else liked. In Matthew chapter 9, one of my very favorite stories in the Gospels, I know I say that a lot, but I have a lot of favorites. And Jesus was walking along and He saw a man named Matthew, Matthew 9, 9 through 13. He saw a man named Matthew sitting in his tax collector's booth. Now, tax collectors are like a whole other breed. Like, the Bible talks about sinners, and it talks about tax collectors. You know, if you have a whole category name for you that nobody likes, you probably need to change jobs. But um, he was at a tax collector's booth. Jesus said, follow me and be my disciple. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Catch that? Tax collectors and other sinners. All right. So he's having a party. He invited Jesus and his friends. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why do your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I've come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. So Jesus loved people that nobody else loved, but He also he didn't just go along with what they were doing. There's a story in John 8 where a woman was caught in adultery, and uh, they wanted to stone her. And Jesus says, He who has no sin can throw the first rock. Whoever is perfect can throw the first rock. And everybody left. And in verse 10 He says, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them accuse you? And then she said, No, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Now go and sin no more. There's a man in a pool in John 5 who needed healing. And Jesus healed him. And Jesus said, Now you're well, so stop sinning, or something even worse may happen. 
So here's the thing, guys. Jesus loved every single person in the world, but He didn't just accept the way they were living. He wanted them to live according to His purposes, His principles, because He knows it's better for us. So it shows that Jesus loved everyone, and He accepted them as they were, and then He helped them change their lives to live better. So how do we live the message of the Gospels? How do we do this? Well, the first thing is we have to love God with everything. Jesus wants us to be all in. In Matthew 6.33, listen to this. It says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. Jesus wants us to seek Him first. And when we do that, guys, everything else falls into place. He doesn't expect you to stop doing everything you do to stop living your life, but He wants you to live with Him first. You ever been working on a car or a vehicle or a puzzle and you, you can't get stuff to fit and you finally get that one piece and then everything else falls into place? That's how the gospel is. When we live for Jesus first, everything else will fall into place. I remember one time I was working on my motorcycle and I was trying to get a seat in and I was like, I was about to just take a hammer and break the whole thing and just buy a new one. I mean, I was at that point, I was so frustrated. And there was one little piece I had to click in and when it did, everything else was kunk, 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 right back into place. The one piece was the key. That's how the gospel is. When we seek Jesus with all our hearts, everything else falls into place. So we need to love Him, be all in. And then we need to love our neighbors as ourselves. We need to love our neighbors. Jesus said, all the law and the prophet hang on these two things. Love God, love your neighbor. And guys, this is an unprecedented time to love our neighbors. And so we're going to do something here at Calvary. We borrowed this from... Uh, Christ Place Church in Lincoln, they did this. And so I ordered some door hangers. They'll be here this Wednesday. And we're going to give everyone that wants one one of these things. It just says, life is better together. Oh, ooh, 3D, right? Um, so life is better together. And what you're going to do is take these and hang them around your neighborhood. There's a little white space to write your name and your phone number. And it just says, hey, neighbor, you're not in this alone. If you need anything, call me. And we were given a grant here in the Lexington area to help people. Our ministry association was given some money to help people in this time. So I want you to, if you're willing now, if you don't like people, don't do this because they may come to your door. But I want you to hang these around your neighborhood. Come get them this Wednesday. They're English on the front, Spanish in the back. And just take an opportunity to be a neighbor. And someone says, hey, I need, I need some food. We can help them. I need some toilet paper. We might be able to help them. I don't know if it's still there. Sometimes you can get it. Sometimes you can't. I need utilities. I need rent. We can do everything we can to help them. This is an opportunity to be a neighbor to our community. And guys, here's the thing. The church isn't buildings. It's people. And it's not just Calvary. It's Parkview. It's all these other churches around the country, around the area. We're all in this together to help people. So take every opportunity to be the church. Take every opportunity to be the church. Capital C Church, the body of Christ. Be like Jesus. Offer hope. Give love. Don't condemn. Love them. But you don't have to compromise either. Be the church. And don't expect people who don't know Jesus to act like people who don't know Jesus. We want to love them as they are. Introduce them to Christ. Introduce them to hope. And that's what Jesus did, guys. Jesus came into the world to change our lives. That's what the Gospels are all about. That's what this whole thing is about. So I'm going to pray this morning. And guys, if you don't have that hope, if you don't know who Jesus is, I want to take an opportunity to pray with you. Get a hold of any one of us here at the church, Pastor Kenny, myself, any of our leaders, we want to pray with you. We want to talk to you about this. And if you don't have hope in Christ, this is an opportunity to do that. And I'm going to say a prayer. You can repeat this prayer after me. This is not magic. This is just you saying, Lord, I want you in my life. I want to be like Zacchaeus. I want to come to you and find you and know you and change my life to be more like you. 
So Jesus, I just pray this morning for all of us to be more like you, to be the church. And Lord, if there are any of us here that don't know you, I pray that they would repeat this prayer and give their lives to you. Lord, help us to be the church. Help us to love others the way you want us to love them. In Jesus' name. So if you don't have a relationship with Christ, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for coming into this world to find me. Thank you for seeking me out. And I pray that today you would help me to give my life to you. I admit that I've made mistakes and I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life and change me today. Help me to share your hope with others and to live for you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says that you're a new creation, that God has made you brand new. And so, guys, let's take opportunities during this time where we're, we're kind of secluded to be the church. Get out and know your neighbors a little bit. If you don't speak their language, there's an app you can put on your phone called Google Translate. We've used it. It works pretty well. Um, but you know, a universal language is food. <laughs> take them cookies. Take them food. But come by the church office Wednesday or Thursday, grab some of these, go meet your neighbors, be the church. Also want to mention, if you'd like to contribute to the church to donate, there's a website, lexag.org slash donate. You can do that right there. You can mail these in. Thank you for being faithful with that. And guys, if you need help, if your neighbors need help, call the church. We'd love to do everything we can to help you out. Guys, thanks for being here with us today online. And go out and be the church. Thanks for being here.